Okay, so uh, we've been talking to Joe Field, of course, but uh, this last story about the uh, the uh, uh, bidding, the private bidding between Joe and uh, apparently a guy who considered Joe his arch enemy for a, a new Portland, Oregon station. We got Joe's version, and now here we are on October 12, 2014, uh, with Marie's version of the story because Marie Field was in the room at David's house at the time that Joe was uh, was in the middle of this negotiation, uh, this bidding on the phone. Marie, what do you remember? Okay. What I remember is um, Joe, he almost put on another persona, and I knew how tense things were in the company financially, but there was Joe with all the bravado in the world leading this guy on more and more and to, to um, saying he was trying to outbid him, saying that Entercom was going to do more and more and go higher and higher. And, um, and meanwhile, on the sideline was David trying to pantomime to his father, gesticulating with his hands, not saying anything, but stop, 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 because he was really fearful where this bidding and outbidding was going. And... Um, Anyhow, I was just standing by watching the drama and praying that it would all turn out for the best. And miraculously, maybe not miraculously, maybe because of Joe's um, daring do, it turned out great. And when it was over, David said, um, I guess he was breathing again, and he said, remind me never to play poker with you, Dad. And and let me just so so we get a visual image in the room. Was this on a speakerphone, or was it? Did Joe have the phone to his ear, or was he standing, sitting? What was going on? I don't. I I'm what I'm remembering, and of course I don't know whether I'm remembering correctly. I don't remember high technology speakerphones, but we could certainly hear Joe. And I think Joe was walking back and forth and back and forth, and it was high drama. And, and and do you remember the numbers coming out of his mouth? I have no idea. Okay. They well, were very high. They were high. And and when it was all over, did Joe uh, recount the story for you, or was there any talk? Oh, after he was that? very triumphant and happy. He he was exhilarated by what he had done. Do you remember? Do you remember what he said? I don't remember what he said, but I think the gist of it was that he really felt he had an insight into this guy's psychology. And it was really, a, I guess, a gamble on his part, but it paid off. Right. And have you ever, by the way, so, so Joe was talking to, to me about uh, how, he, you know, he, his, his whole, everything he does in business is motivated uh, by being a game changer, not simply by making a little extra incremental marginal difference, but being a game changer. Uh, or what he, what, he, what he says is, uh, uh, succeeding by orders of magnitude. So, w- how does that play out? Do you, does any does that trigger any story uh, in your mind, Marie? Uh, well, I I think if you if you roll the 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 uh, the cameras backward, you know, th- or go through the time machine, go to the very beginning and founding of Entercom. It was an audacious move from the very beginning to form a company with very, very little capital and the trust of a few people who believed in Joe, but with the game changer being that um, 
AM radio was a um, an inferior medium to FM radio, and that was a huge gamble. But Joe Joe believed in doing that, and and he did say when he, and it was really hard to get started, but he did say to the um, Chase Manhattan Bank, who years later saved him from I guess the company maybe from going bust or at least I mean it, it just it seemed like the last hope. That was the and, three and a half million dollar loan. And he said uh, to them, he you know he thanked them very much for their um, seeing him. He he went to New York and and had an interview at the bank, but he wrote to them afterwards that with or without um, Intercom. Wait a minute. <laughs> with or without Chase. With Manhattan. or without. Thank you. With or without Chase Manhattan Intercom is going to be the big success story of the the the, the next era. Yeah. Media and, era. And, mm. No, and and Joe told us uh, he wrote that letter after they rejected his request for the first loan and then but the the same guy came back to him maybe mm. a year later or so and and they did come back with the loan. Um and so tell me I, I want to get your insights while while I've got you here. So the the other thing Joe says is we we were talking about uh, fear of failure. And when I said that phrase, he looked at me like it was a foreign language, like he didn't understand what that phrase meant. What do you mean, fear of failure? It truly perplexed him. He didn't. He doesn't understand it. It's not part of him. He said, "No, there's no such thing as I don't understand what fail. If, there's no such thing as failure. It's that there are problems to be solved." And uh, hey, I can't fly. He said, "Is that failing? Uh, <laughs> I'm not a failure because I can't fly." So they're just. And, and then I asked him about sleep. Does he ever lose sleep over things? And he says, no, he always sleeps well, which is one of the reasons he looks so young. So tell me something. All this, you know, this just this approach to business of, you know, it's just a problem to be solved and you go through it. Have you had to lose sleep over it? Has he slept like a baby and you're the one who's had to lose sleep? Yes. <laughs> it was. Well, we, we probably have different biology, so... But the um, it was really scary for years and years. Um, the um, living on the edge, as we did for many many years, and um, the uh, Joe's Joe never feared failure in terms of himself, but he was very very concerned because people had trusted in him and believed in him and in invested in him. These were friends and, and, and a few family members, and he didn't want to let them down. And I will say that he did wake up sometimes worrying about them, and he would talk to me, and um, that it, everything, he, he was driven by seeing that, that he fulfilled their hopes for their investments. And um, every once in a while, he would wake up and he would have what he called a train dream, and the train dream always symbolized some anxiety that he was feeling. But basically, give me a, give me an example of the train dream. Oh Lord, I don't know whether it would go off the tracks or some some disaster or impending disaster or not being able to stop the train. But whatever, it was a metaphor for him in terms of some deep anxiety that he felt. But I, it was never about him. Uh, uh, it, it was always about the people that he felt obliged to um, to fulfill their dream and his commitment to them. 
And so, and so this train dream, so he would wake up, he would share the train dream with you, you would have, uh, what, a brief conversation, and then would he go back to sleep like a baby and you'd well, be up for the rest of the night, or what would happen? I'm not sure, really, Michael, but I think maybe. Sometimes he told me about it in the morning. I had a train dream last night. But basically, Joe, God bless him, is a wonderful sleeper, and I've often envied him that. So, so, it's, so it's interesting, because that metaphor, the train, he loves trains, obviously, and he has that big set of uh, uh, of toy trains that he, uh, well, just like Entercom, he engineered it, he put together the wiring, he fixes it when it breaks down. And so maybe that train metaphor, that's almost the, uh, that's the, the, the best symbol in some ways. If you look for an image of Joe, I remember with my father, I was looking for an image for him in his life. You know, what's the iconic image? And for me, it was his sweat-soaked tuxedo shirt. Because after mm-hmm. every single show, it showed how hard he had worked. And for Joe, maybe that iconic image is the train set. That could be. And uh, you and Nancy gave him the first ones, if you recall, for his 70th birthday. And I think what's also uh, symbolic here is how Joe has shared those electric trains with his grandchildren and has wanted to... um, share the the joy of trains with them and have them do a fun thing with him. And it's become one of their fondest memories, I believe. All right. Well, Marie Field on October 12, 2014. We'll we'll get some more stories from you at a later date.